Good evening. Well, I have never felt so confident about delivering a message as I am about this one. <clears throat> I used to really struggle with humility, but um, I'm really good at it now. <clears throat> Absolutely petrified, but don't you worry, it's going to be good. Uh, one of the reasons it's going to be good is because it's not just me going to be speaking. Um, I realized there was an opportunity because we've got a couple of our missions partners with us this evening. Duncan and Anna are back from Mozambique and wherever else they've been, um, dodging tornadoes, which is great. They are somewhere in the building. And we've also got Nam here as well, um, who's going to come up and share a little bit because the topic for today is about walking humbly. And I think that will be something of her story. And, you know, some of us are called in our ministries and in our relationship with God, some of our Vocation looks like going downstairs every morning to our kids um, and looking after them throughout the week. Some of us are called to cross the office, not necessarily the, the globe, but um, it's great when we do have some of our missions partners to come and share what they've been up to. So this is an opportunity. Why don't you welcome Nam to come up? And in true humility, at the start of my message, I'm going to hand the mic to someone else. What about that? Thanks, Nam. Thanks, David. Well, it's really good to be here. It's excellent to see Anna and Duncan here. They visited me in Thailand. So I minister in northeast Thailand. And um, Anna and Duncan visited me around, was it March? Something like that. Um, I was at a real low point. Um, you'll hear a bit more about that in a video in a minute. And they just came and prayed for me and my team. And it just gave us the strength to go on. So prayer makes a difference, and they're brilliant. Um, first off then, language blunders. One of the things about living overseas that really keeps you humble is sounding basically like you're in kindergarten all the time. <laughs> so um, I make a lot of language blunders. I've been learning Thai, and I'm okay at it, but you still make blunders now and then. So it's comforting when you come across signs in English that um, is other people making blunders. So passengers required to carrying weapons on board, I read, as I boarded my plane. So quickly rushed out, bought an AK-47, came back, <laughs> and then I could board. Um, so I've been in Thailand now for four years, um, come back every two years, so this is my second time back home. Um, the second slide then shows where I was based and where I am now. So I spent the first three years in that province at the start of the Arrow, um, doing language and culture learning, and then in July last year, moved over to the province in red there, which is called Surin. Um, very small population of Christians there, 0.01% Christian, so that's one Christian in over a thousand people. Um, we moved from a big team, can we have that slide back up please? A, a big team to a, a tiny team, that's my team there, it's me and this other family with two gorgeous kids. Um, we moved from an urban location to rural, it's rice farmers around us, and new ministry focus. So what we're there to do, the big vision is to plant churches, which plant churches, small kind of house church style, indigenous um, local churches that have a DNA of multiplication. But we're at the very beginning of that, so going into villages, talking about Jesus whenever we can, um, also partnering with the believers that are already there, equipping them to do evangelism because they can be so much more effective than us. And we also do um, teaching of child protection in villages and schools. 
and churches that exist. So that's a brief thing about our ministry. When we moved into Surin, um, just me and this other family last year, we expected to be straight into relationship building. I've had lots, quite a bit of mission experience before. It's never been a problem. Um, expected to be straight into ministry and was really excited. And, and then we got there and from day one, literally, all my hopes constantly fell apart. And then again, and then again, and again. And I just felt either we're not meant to be here or we're really meant to be here and God has some big plans because the enemy's really not happy. Um, so uh, there's been a, a short video made where you'll see uh, me and the two other team members talking about why it's been so hard. And um, yeah, you can just watch that now. But someday I, I cannot pray because so so attacking to every corner that you couldn't imagine. That that our mind couldn't couldn't think from that way. This enemy used the that corner to attack. It used this corner, using the back, using the top, using the bottom to attack us everywhere. And get the point our family is like we haven't here that we, we cannot do this. There were days where one of us couldn't pray. All we could do was cry. All we could do is get on the floor and pour our heart out before God. And it was during those times of difficulty where the other two on the team could come together and lift that person up to God and pray those prayers for that person because they couldn't find the words to pray. We all found ourselves in that position. And it was at that time, for the first time in my life, I understood what it meant to be a part of a team. So as we were going through the, the very thickest part of the difficulty, um, we began to ask ourselves, why? Why is Seren so different from any place we've ever lived or visited. The darkness that we were feeling comes from the spiritual history of three people groups that have intermingled in Surin. Um, the first and largest is the Northern Khmer people group. This people group, um, they specialize in black magic, in witchcraft and sorcery. People in Surin and the people outside of Surin are afraid of uh, having something bad happen to them. What if someone doesn't like me and then they cast a curse on me or they um, make me mentally ill through magic? Um, so we're finding the people here really controlled by that fear, fear of what might happen to them and, and at the same time trying to control other people. The Gui people group um, have elef elephant worship at the center. In the history of the Gui people group, um, they used to go out, possessed by spirits, to go out and um, capture wild elephants. They believe that because the elephant is such a big and powerful animal, the spirit of the elephant has the power to protect them. 
One of the things that they use is um, the cords used to trap the wild elephant. And, and you see that in the spirit house. And to me, that's such a picture of the bondage that is being worshipped. That they think that what they're getting is protection. And instead of, instead of that, they're putting themselves in bondage. The Isan people group is rooted in Lao culture and beliefs. The thing that they really believe in most is uh, different forms of worship of spirits. So for example, having a spirit house in the front of every house where your ancestors' spirits are being worshipped and appeased. See, they realize that their lives are at the mercy of the spirits. And so they feel they have to do everything they can to appease them because otherwise they're in trouble. Because these aren't good spirits, they know that. So the spiritual practices of these three people groups, over all of them, is the stronghold of folk Buddhism, which comes just from Thai culture. Um, folk Buddhism is Buddhism mixed in with Hindu beliefs, idolatry of different peoples around them, and um, animistic practices of the tribal people that have lived here for centuries. Folk Buddhism is the stronghold that we're up against because it's, it's a, a melting pot of all different beliefs that have come together and happily coexist because they, they all come from one father and that's the father of lies. People here, they're hungry. They're afraid. They're scary. They try to find everything that, can, that they can see their own eye, they can help them. But the thing is, they don't know. Because nobody tells them. But we are know that God, God, they can help them. That they did never know, that they never heard. Praise God that God sent us to here. They can tell them. I know, I know who can help you. I know who can protect you. I know who that can give hope. Who can bless in your family? It's God that creates you. That creates everything that you can see by your own It's amazing. What we, what we realized we were up against is uh, centuries and centuries of idolatry and welcoming of spirits and worshipping of demons and that creates an authority over the place, a spiritual authority, which means that we're not at the stage of sowing seeds yet, as we thought we would be, we're at the stage of clearing the rocks and the rocks can only be cleared through prayer. And my prayers there in Surin are just as effective as your prayers right here. Um, I read a quote by um, James Fraser. Can we have that on the screen? Um, I believe it will only be known on the last day how much has been accomplished in missionary work by the prayers of earnest believers at home. And this is what I'm asking for from you. This is where I'm asking you to get involved. If you want to be at the front line of ministry in Surin, you can be through your prayers. I know that there are faithful prayers in this church who have been supporting me and I'm so grateful and I feel the effect of those prayers and um, I'm just asking for more. <laughs> if you have a burden for the lost, for people who haven't got an opportunity to hear, um, 
in the other parts of the world, in across the world where you can't go, um, but I'm there, you can be effective there through your prayers. So there's a few things I have um, for you. One is if you would, would like to get involved, um, Simon and Alice are going to pass some sign-up sheets around. These are for newsletters. So once every two months, I send out a prayer update to tell you how things are going and what you can be praying for, um, what rocks need to be cleared. And um, if you would like to get involved, please put your email address down there. Put a star by it if you want um, additional emails when some particular crisis happens and it's urgent prayer required. Um, if you do put your name down, please, because you also pick up a prayer card, which is my mug on a card that you can put on your fridge or somewhere to remind you to pray for me. I'll put them at the bookshop at the end. And um, just know that I'm praying for you too. You're on the mission field here, wherever you are. And um, we're all ambassadors of Christ. Just one last thing I want to end with is walking humbly and what that looks like for me. What it looks like for me is... I realized that all the success I've had in the past, relying on my own abilities, gifts, experience, doesn't count for anything now. I've come to a point where um, I just, I've tried my hardest and I can't achieve what I want to achieve, even if it's just building relationships, because there's an enemy. And if he can stop us building relationships, he can stop us having an impact in people's lives. Um, so I've just come to a point where I need you. I need the body of Christ. I know I can't do it myself. Um, yeah, and just in worship right then, I felt God was asking me, are you willing to become nothing? And really that is the call that we're all going to be brought to at some point. Um, that's the call of Jesus, isn't it? Are we willing to become nothing and let it be all about him? Brilliant. Thank you so much, Nam. So good. So good to get different perspectives um, from different places and, and to hear what it, what's going on. So the, Nam's going to pass around some sheets. So do sign up if you want to support. As uh, Nam's realized that being in isolation is a real tough deal and there's nothing quite so humbling. I wonder if we're hidden from some of that. Uh, in the world that we live in, the culture. So let's look at um, what it looks like to walk humbly where we're at um, today. If you've, uh, if you've just arrived um, here and this is an, a new experience for you, welcome. Uh, my name's David, I'm on the leadership team here. I'm married to a lady called Karis and I've got three little children um, who all think uh, they rule the world. So I, I get to learn humility on a regular basis. I get shouted at by my kids fairly regularly and they're pretty fierce. It's great to have you here. We're, we're just in a series looking at um, Micah 6.8, this key verse. We're really looking to flavor, um, flavor what, what God speaks to us as a, as a church. And we believe that, f that fundamentally um, some of this stuff in Micah 6.8 is just key to, to what we want to be building and looking for in, in terms of vision. So we've already looked at, we'll, we'll just have that verse please on the, on the screen. Thanks James. He's shown you a mortal what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, that's what we covered two weeks ago. Um, Gareth kicked us off with that, to love mercy. And then today we're looking at walking humbly with our God. So what is that? 
I just want to cover what I think humility isn't. What humility isn't. Because I wasn't particularly impressed with the dictionary definition that's just going to be on the screen um, just now. I wonder what your idea of humility is. Having a modest or low view of one's own importance. I kind of don't think it is that. Having this low view or thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not that great. I'm, I'm not particularly important. I think, I think when we put God into the picture, actually, I don't think that does enough. And we'll, we'll come to why that is. There's another thing that humility isn't. It isn't Hugh Grant. I think, I think Hugh Grant's made millions of pounds. It's, it's, whether you know Hugh Grant or not, whether, whether it's a familiar character to you, it's the kind of traditional, clumsy, apologetic British gentleman who kind of fumbles around the screen and everyone falls in love with him. Uh, it's kind of, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, oh, did I bump into you? I mean, it, it, in Britain, we're so good at being at this kind of self-abasement, this kind of humility that is, oh, I'm not very important, I'm I'm so sorry. Someone bumps into us in Sainsbury's and we say, oh, I'm so sorry. Someone else does something wrong and we apologize. We're so good at apologizing and and all this kind of weird self-abasement. And Hugh Grant's made a a pretty penny out of it. I don't think that is what we're talking about in terms of humility, this kind of, oh, nothing, no. It'd be like asking, if you ask Josh, you know, if, he, if he's any good at playing guitar, whenever, whenever you ask a skilled person, skilled musician, if they're good at guitar, often it, the Brits just go, oh, I can play a couple of chords, <laughs> nothing, nothing really special. Whereas if you ask me, I, I literally can play a couple of chords. <laughs> and that's truth. Whereas humility isn't just saying, it's hiding your skills, hiding the stuff that God's given you, or hiding the call that God has put on your life. Um, so let's, let's figure out what humility is. And that's why I love what, what Nama's come to share, because I think that humility is functioning healthy in community. I think humility is about functioning healthy in community. And I think we, we get that from, from God. So we're going to look at a couple of, of scriptures first. Genesis 1, what a good place to start, <clears throat> right at the very beginning. Humility is founded in his creation, in God's creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We've sung a number of different songs this evening that talk about God's vast universe, his, the fact that he created the heavens and the earth. I find that incredibly humbling as I look at a starry sky, as I, as I drove through from Minchinhampton this morning and just, just saw some beautiful, green and pleasant land we call <coughs> the UK, England, beautiful. And I believe, I wonder what you believe, I believe that I know the God who made that stuff, that he created it. And that to me is humbling, that puts me in the right place, just like worshipping, that's why gathering together week in, week out is so important for us. Gathering midweek, gathering wherever you gather when you celebrate who God is, it says, God, you are bigger, you are holy, you are set apart, you are above. There's something, humility comes from knowing that we are part of his creation, that he created us. It's not the other way around. He isn't the God that we kind of pull into our worldview, make fit into our home life balance, work life balance, and go, come God. God is much bigger than that. And I think that's where we sometimes get it wrong. That's where pride can come in, because we try and fit God around us rather than the other way around. And I want to say that 
Humility is found in being made in his image as well. So we'll just look a little bit further on in Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, mankind, after our likeness. After our likeness. That's God talking to himself. That's good. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so we, the Bible says that we're made in his image, that we were created in God's image. And I find that exciting because our verse today doesn't say walk humbly. It says walk humbly with our God. There's something about being with God that helps. We find our own image in relationship with God, in inviting him along to the, the journey. I wonder how much of our life we, we've got quite comfortable walking without God or we've forgotten that he, that that we find ourselves in him. I wonder if you're struggling to find who you are. Well, I want to suggest that humility says, I'm made in his image. I find myself in discovering him. I find my true identity in discovering him because I'm made in his image. And the main thing I want to look at (coughs) this evening is that it's his nature, that our humility is, is found in God's nature. And so I want to look at the Trinity. I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail with this. I'm not going to try and wrestle this. Andrew was recommending a, a book called Cafe Theology last week. Um, you'll get some good little explanations in there around the Trinity. But we are going to look at a bunch of different verses that show how God functions. <clears throat> we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and, and God the Holy Spirit. One God Three persons. There are other ways of describing it, but one God, three different expressions, and yet are relating together. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 22. You, you can flip around in your Bible if you want, but I don't know if anyone here is fast enough to keep up with, with me. So just trust these verses. Trust me if you want. Or write them down and check them later if you need some level of accountability. That's fine. <clears throat> so 2 Corinthians 1, 21. Now, it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. God makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. That's Jesus. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So it's God, Christ, and the spirit all working in different ways, all functioning, but working together for the same thing. Now, I know this is weird. Why are we talking about this when we're talking about humility? I I will get there. I will get there. But this this for me is a really helpful illustration. We'll we'll look at another. John 14, 16 to 17. I can't hear anyone flicking or maybe you're typing really fast and Googling. I will ask the Father. So this is Jesus speaking. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples before uh, he goes to the cross. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is in us. For those who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, invited him into our lives, we believe that the Holy Spirit is within us. So again, another 
another interaction, another example of the community of the Godhead working together. Matthew 3, 16, 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. So Jesus is there in the water. The Spirit descends on him and a voice from heaven says, this is my son. That probably means it's the Father speaking. <clears throat> this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Again, this beautiful interaction of God working in what I think is community, working in community, not in isolation. Should we have one more? Should we have one more? I just wanted to make sure you're not asleep because this might be important for you. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word, again, that's Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Another example of this interaction and so if, if we see that humility is about functioning healthy, healthily in community, all I really want to get to today, because um, we're going to be looking at walking humbly again throughout this series. We're coming and looking at this three times. So we're going to hit all three of these phrases three times. But first, just a little bit looking at the doctrine of God and how, who we're made um, comes from that. So I'm saying that humility is functioning healthy in community. So God doesn't function in isolation. He doesn't function in isolation. This is what we've just looked at. He doesn't function in isolation. He's working. The Holy Spirit works with Jesus. Jesus is working with the Father. There's this interaction between all three persons of the Godhead. And I want to suggest that we were not made to function in isolation. So those two things. Quick take a picture of it if you want to remember it. That's basically all I'm saying tonight. God does not function in isolation. And we were not made to function in isolation. Humility is saying, I need help. I am not sufficient. I am not self-reliant. I can't do this on my own. And what's wonderful is we find that in God and who God is from the very beginning of time before he made the heavens and the earth, he was. At the beginning of time, God was there. The Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters and the word spoke, Jesus spoke. Right from the very beginning, we see God working together in community. And we're made in his image and are called to be the same. And yet the problem is, we live in a culture that doesn't necessarily help us <clears throat> with that. And we're, we've subscribed to an idea of individualism that, that means we find it really hard to go, to, to be honest, when people ask us, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? I'm not functioning well on my own. Imagine if someone said that, you'd come and like, whoa, this is heavy. I was just kind of saying hello. Hey, how are you doing? I am... Um, not functioning well, I can't do this, I am not sufficient. And yet, because we've just been told that that's the last thing you want to say, don't say that. You want to be sufficient. We've got a whole bunch of really, really clever, really, really artistic people who are working day in, day out to sell us some fabulous products so that we don't have to have a conversation with our neighbours. 
because they would love to make more money by selling five units to five houses rather than one unit to five houses. It makes sense for them. It makes sense for them. <clears throat> but it doesn't make sense for community. It doesn't make sense for this interdependence where we get to relate with each other and instead we get isolated. And we get caught up in pride that says, no, I'm, I'm doing fine. I've got this. Yeah, I've had the most difficult week of my life, but I came through it. And I'm looking forward to trying to figure out another one. I wonder where, where pride gets in for you, where you find yourselves trying to function in isolation rather than functioning in community. Well, I want to just suggest to you tonight that if functioning in community is all right for God, I think it should be all right for us. If God designed that he would function in community, then I think we need to. But that takes humility. It really does take humility to say to someone, I, I could really benefit from you. And it, and it comes right down to the way that we talk or the way that we don't talk. I'm a, I can be a talker in an environment because you, know, you get nervous in a new situation so you just try and command an environment so you can stay on the subjects that you feel comfortable with so you, so you can control the situation. And I, I had to learn early on, thanks to my wife, who, who found my initials in, in, interactions incredibly humiliating because I, I would just be like, let's just try and be the life and soul of the party. I thought we had a great evening and we'd be driving home and I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, what did I say? What did I do? That's quite gregarious. And yet there's something about, there's something about humility that says, hey, wait, listen to what their perspective might be. Humility asks questions in a new environment. Humility, humility is, like, is like a kid who's just asking questions all the time. We've been, um, we've been hosting some precious American friends with us this week. And it's been incredibly nice, but it's also been incredibly annoying. Because <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> he was probably going to watch this, so I'll, I'll just be careful about what I say. He, he's just asking questions all the time about what's that building, what's this, as if I'm some historian from Cheltenham. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. I've only been here two years and I don't frankly care. <clears throat> but I found it, so every time I just make a joke. I just do the funniest option of an answer of that because I'd rather not say, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I think humility asks a lot of questions. Humility is, I think it's one of the best gifts. I'm trying to tell my, my daughter, questions are one of the best gifts. But to ask something in a situation says you don't know something. And boy, do we struggle saying that. I don't have something. I don't know something. All of these things are, are incredibly difficult. Culture is ravished by an ideology of individualism. This is how you can be a man if you own this product or if you, if you can cope in this situation. This is how you can be a woman if you, if you have access to these things, if you wear this stuff. This is how you can be a grand, a successful ind individual. These are the products, this is the stuff. Asking for stuff from others is painful sometimes or accepting that we haven't got what it takes and yet there's a richness there's such a richness and God models that God models that in the way that he interacts with the, with the son, with the spirit in the Godhead it's beautiful and God would call us to that same community he invites us 
to humility because humility is the power behind community. Humility is the power behind community. And so I think God wants to just perhaps call us to deal with some of the pridey stuff, some of that stuff where, where we've got into a rhythm of being able to function either with separate from God or separate from others. Now maybe you're here tonight and you've never even thought about this whole God stuff and you, you're in a place where you're like, no, I think, I've got this, I think I've got this life stuff down. Or maybe you know that you haven't got life stuff down but you're really determined to make life happen but you haven't got a relationship with God. Well, I want to invite you just to ask God to help, to invite him, to maybe have enough humility to say, maybe I can't do this without you, God. And maybe you've been a Christian for a a whole lot of time. Maybe there are certain areas where you've gained experience, where you've got some testimonies of what God's been up to, but you've stopped expecting him in certain ways. You've stopped asking him for certain things. You've got into a, a routine and a formula and you've started to isolate yourself. Maybe you want to just process some of that stuff. But maybe just, I think, for the majority of us, tonight is about saying, I am not going to be the product. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be what manufacturers want me to be. I'm not going to be this individual that they're trying to make me. I'm going to be part of community and I'm going to say, I need you. I'm going to get that vocabulary out again and it's not going to be a last ditch. Ah. I've tried everything and I'm going to need to ask for help. It's going to be the first thing. I need other people. Because humility is about functioning healthily in community. I wonder what's stopping us from doing that. Why don't we stand and let's, let's do some praying. I'm going to pray. God, I just want to, I want to thank you so much for how you model community in the Trinity. I thank you for that humility that you display. Thank you for the humility we could have spoken of, written down in Philippians 2, that, that you as Jesus humbled yourself to a cross. And Lord, for those of us tonight who haven't grasped that yet, I pray that you begin to move, move in their hearts. But Lord, I pray. I just pray, Lord, that that you would just begin, just around the room, that in the way that you want to do it, God, that you would begin to just move on hearts. Lord, wherever we have not had community model to us, wherever we have sought to live in isolation, to prove ourselves, to be something. I just pray for your humbling. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and, and humble us afresh. Remind us what it is to be created in your image and in the same nature of the Trinity.